0: This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream
1: and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your
0: aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 18. Do you want to combine a challenging and exciting career in sales and flying? One way to combine the two passions are becoming a pilot and selling airplanes. You can have the best of both worlds. Our guest today will describe how he's able to combine both careers. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Audible. It's important to keep motivated and informed when you're pursuing a career. One of the best ways to increase your knowledge and keep motivated is to listen to books during your downtime, such as commuting to work running on a treadmill, or walking through the park. One of the great things about Audible is that the first book is free, and there's no obligation to continue the subscription. You can cancel at any time and keep the book. Audible helps support this website, and I encourage you to visit Audible at Audible. There are many great books you can listen to, with one of my favorites being 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. I encourage you to discover your true potential and keep motivated by listening to audiobooks. Again, you can download your first book for free by clicking on the Audible icon or by going to aviationcurespodcast.com/slash audible. Today I have with me Chris Finley. Chris is an aircraft salesman, flight instructor, podcaster, and an author. His plate really is full. I'm excited to have Chris with us today, not only because he can describe the life of an aircraft salesperson, but also because he has designed an aviation lifestyle that best fits his skills and passions. Chris, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast.
1: Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here.
0: So Chris you've had it you have really had a lifetime full of aviation and and you're involved in many different aspects. You you started off uh, when you were 10. Tell us a little bit about how you got into flying.
1: Well, my uh, dad had a friend who had a Piper Comanche, I think it was, and he Uh, arranged for me to just go for a flight, you know, it was just one of those sort of spur of the moment things, and uh, so we did a little evening flight over my hometown of Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, I just remember, and I've got pictures of that, and it's just, I'm just hooked, and uh, ever since that moment, um, I kind of knew that I would be involved in aviation in some way. Though I could never have written uh, the script that has, has come to be my life in aviation today, but uh, it was there and then from then on I uh, became a little airport rat when I was in high school and just bummed rides with whoever I could and, and uh, started uh, did my solo on my 16th birthday and, and here we are.
0: And, you know, your your path hasn't been very straight. It's definitely been a varied path. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is a lot of people think, oh, I have to do this. And if I get off this path, I'm not going to be successful. But you truly have been successful in your career and you've taken many forks in the road. And, and I think it's all benefited you, don't you?
1: Yeah. You know, I try to make sense of it and uh, I don't. I give up <laughs> because, yeah, I've done – you know, there was a movie a while back uh, called Big Fish, and uh, the guy's telling stories, I think it's like on his deathbed, and nobody believes him. And uh, they're all true. They just He just exaggerated them, but he'd done all these different things, and it, they only knew there at his funeral that, that, you know, to a degree, every one of them was true. And uh, I kind of laughed because that's sort of been my experience. You know, I, I got a degree in aviation from Auburn University, and they're uh, – aviation management program got all my ratings down there and uh i went into the army i was an rotc uh scholarship guy so i went into active duty right after graduation and i remember being a senior uh finishing my cfi because at at that point you finish with your multi and cfi and uh not like these guys now who down at down at mtsu near my hometown who get you know jet simulator time (laughs) so the world's changed since i was in college but the uh, I went to the army. I remember as a senior, I thought, "What am I going to do with all these ratings? I'm going in the army, you know." And uh, uh, what? And I really didn't, wasn't sure how my how things were going to turn out. And uh, you know, I did uh, several things along the way until I ended up where I am now. And you know, it, it has been I'm proof positive that if you can have a vision for where you want to be, and even if you're kind of a late bloomer like me, uh, it can happen.
0: I think that's true. I think any it can happen with anybody, and and you, you you say a late bloomer, and you know I feel that you're fairly young. There's a lot of people that are looking to change careers right now, say in their mid forties and even fifties, yeah. and they can do it. They can have a career that spans many many years from now.
1: Yeah, you know, I went through. I will I'll tell you what what really. Well, how I got back into aviation, I was, uh, at the time, I was teaching uh, at, on a high school level um, at a local high school here and, and kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I was like 35. And <laughs> and I, I, somebody put a magazine in my box at school. It was on, it was one of the, I think it was plane and pilot, and it was the, Aviation careers edition, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Nobody here knows that I ever flew and have that interest. And I started flipping through it and I said, this is where I want to be. This is what I'm missing. Um, this is what I've really been longing to get back into and do. Cause I had about a 10 year hiatus from flying, and you know, I said, this, this, this has got to be it. And so, I then it was the question, well, how do I get from here to where I want to be? And I took a number of different, uh, people and a number of different, uh, ways that that happened. But, you know, the, honestly, the one, the thing that really, for me, made the difference. And, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago I'd have done this, I'd have laughed. But I had a coach, um, that I, uh, hired and, uh, he really, really helped me, um, kind of develop a plan for moving from, from one career to the other. Um, his name is Kent Julian, um, and uh, uh, his uh, website is liveitforward.com. And he, uh, he really was uh, kind of the catalyst that sort of uh, helped me sort of uh, kick my own butt into gear and to move forward and uh, to really uh, to make this happen.
0: And, and I think that websites like that, Live It Forward, are terrific. And, you know, things like this that we're doing and what you do with with your podcast is terrific also. You, you know, it's interesting you had said that you uh, start at this young age or, in, or it's a little bit later in life that you discover what you really want to do. But uh, what is it you do now? What is it actually you do?
1: Um, my full day job, I work at Corporate Flight Management in Smyrna, Tennessee, which is a little suburb of Nashville on the south um, southeast side. And uh, uh, my primary day job there is I'm the lead aircraft salesman. And what uh, CFM uh, is, is a uh, sort of an all-encompassing aviation services provider. Um, we have one of the largest charter departments in the South. We uh, have about 18 aircraft we charter and maintain, uh, another probably dozen or so for different owners. Everything from uh, King, we have a King Air 100 going all the way up to a Citation Sovereign and uh everything in between on that a lot of phenom activity we do deliveries uh for phenoms new deliveries of phenoms from brazil to all over the world and uh we have a uh, maintenance department a serious service center that does a lot of work on uh, all of our aircraft and, and uh, other aircraft you know, uh, the charter aircraft and so forth and uh we have a sales department and uh and so I'm there in the sales department and sort of tasked with building that department up. It's sort of a new, a fairly newer newer division of the company. The company's been around 30 years, um, but aircraft sales as a dedicated part of that is is fairly recent. And uh, so, you know, I, I've sold everything. I, I, my first airplane sale as a new salesman was a 172G1000, and uh, last week we closed on a, a Dornier 328 jet. Um, which was a, a former airline service plane, so uh get to really cover the gamut on these things
0: now do you get to actually fly some of these planes you, you know i 'm not
1: typed in and there 's so many different aircraft it would it would take a you know a lot of them take type ratings or training. So no i don't get to uh fly a lot of them, but uh I have uh ridden in a lot of them and I uh, get to demo them when we have a customer that comes in to demo a plane i get to ride along and so i, I don 't complain about that one bit you know i I really enjoy getting to experience um, these different aircraft, and you know I have gotten to right seat in some of the single pilot airplanes such as a phenom, but uh most of the time i 'm in the back um, uh, sipping water with the customer. <laughs>
0: Now, when you're actually flying the plane as a as a salesperson, do you have to have a commercial license for that?
1: Um, so, well, I don't demo since I don't demo uh, a lot of these AirPLUS, I'm not I'm not piloting um, them uh, for uh, you know in general. Um, no, you, a salesman can be a private pilot, um, and there's an hour requirement that escapes me off the top of my head. Um, but uh you can you can be a, an aircraft salesman because it 's sort of flight incidental to your work and your business obviously
0: right so you 're actually not carrying people you 're just demoing the aircraft for them i 've actually done a few demo flights, and that it 's a lot of fun. I tell you getting up there and actually trying to sell somebody on the aircraft because you're actually not just selling the plane, you're selling your passion for aviation. I think that's really cool. You know, one of the things that I really like about flying and aviation in general, whether it's flying, selling, hanging out with people at the airports and mechanics, is it seems that everybody's really passionate about this, both the people that are uh, getting into it, flying, buying, and the people that are selling it. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things that you really like about doing aircraft sales and just the aviation field in general?
1: I like the variety of it. Uh, I like that every day when I go into work, I really don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get a phone call from South America or Africa or South Africa or Europe. Which that was last week for me. Uh, um, the uh, and I'll get, of course, a lot of domestic calls. I get to learn about different airplanes. You know, I, before I was a salesman, I really didn't. A lot of the, the jets, you know, particularly the business jets, all kind of blended together to me. Um, and I've gotten to learn their different strengths and weaknesses. And what I really enjoy doing about aircraft sales is I like finding solutions for people. They come to me with a need. Um, they need to go this far, this often, carry this many people, and they have this budget. And I get to put the puzzle together for them and say, you know, and try to steer them and serve them because for many of them, they're like me, the, a lot of the jets blend together. And so I get to sort of help find them a, an aviation solution and hopefully make them as passionate about flying as I am.
0: You know, it sounds like you really were into flying and you were into uh, you got an aviation degree, aviation management. But how about sales? Did you have any background? And how did you learn how to sell if you didn't?
1: Yeah, sales w- was one of the last things on my mind uh i had always sort of had looked disdainfully on sales because of sort of the uh the the stereotypical used car salesman it um for me it took a lot of uh, you know the the position came available and i got offered it and I really sort of trusted my employer, that they saw something in me that they believed that I could sell. And I realized, too, that in making my transition uh, from where I was, I had to sell myself. I had to sort of help them believe that this school teacher, this former pastor – could sell an airplane, and uh, I remember thinking, "This is crazy. They would, you know, why would they even take a risk on me?" And uh, I was very thankful that they did. And I think just going through that process and seeing that they believed in me gave me a lot of confidence. And you know, I think I think my passion for aviation certainly helps, and my interest in it. But, uh, you know, I've just done a lot of study on it, um, and selling airplanes is a very different animal from selling computers or, or small, low-involvement products. Um, it's more like selling real estate in a lot of ways. And they're, they're big, high-ticket items in the sales process, and the sales uh, funnel is much, much longer in duration. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things I've learned on the job and on the fly, and uh, it's been just a, a great fit. I, I love what I do.
0: You know, it's what's really cool about what you do is what you, you touched on before. You really are providing solutions for somebody's lift needs or for somebody's recreational needs. And uh, just learning what those are, I think that takes some skill, too. And was that something that you had to read about to learn, or did that come naturally for you?
1: Yeah. You know, being having a background in aviation certainly helped Um when you get into how to fit a uh, corporate aircraft in particular to someone's needs, there is a bit of study and a bit of reading. And uh, I've had a, I've got a great mentor at the company who's been doing this his whole career, and uh, he's been just instrumental in, in sort of helping me uh, learn what questions to ask. And that's really the key. I mean, any good salesman knows that, that, that if you learn the customer's needs, you can provide the solution that's that's going to best fit those needs, um, and I think in aviation you 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 have to be very careful to ask the right questions to get them the right airplane. And and so, yeah, I had to study. I did a lot of reading on sales and uh, a lot of reading on what not to do. I made some mistakes along the way, and you know it's just been you know it's been one of those things that the more I learn about it, you know, like anything, the better you get at it.
0: What would you say to someone that? Say is thinking about getting into specifically aircraft sales, so maybe they they could make this process quicker and and learn from some of your mistakes where Where would you point them and what would you tell them to do?
1: I would tell them to get some training in aircraft sales either find a mentor and I happen to have one with a company that really helped it was sort of built in. But if you go to um, NARA, the National Aircraft Resellers Association, that's about the only industry sort of standard, like kind of like Realtors.com. And that's a and great network to be a part of and to kind of watch. Um, you know, like any business that deals with sales, you've got a lot of sort of snake oil salesmen out there, and, and that, that kind of – is a little bit of a damper on the kind of this aviation sales industry. And there are a lot of ways that, that people can get taken advantage of in, in sales. And so to, to have high integrity, to really uh, bring honesty and transparency to your business as an aircraft salesman is key. And I think those that do tend to be more successful. So um, get some training. Um, get involved with some something like NARA that will train you. There's also another group called ICASP, and I don't ask me what that stands for. I can't remember, but I think it's ICASP, uh, I-C-A-S-P dot org, and they do a lot of initial training uh, on uh, aircraft sales. Um, I did their course. um, Usually, usually is in conjunction with NBAA conferences, uh, National Business Aircraft Association conferences, and that's been very helpful as well. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and, you know, call me. I mean, if anyone's interested in it, I'd be glad to talk about it.
0: If people send me questions, uh, we'll do that. We'll forward them to you or have them call you directly. And you know what? Um, These these links that we talked about, these websites, what we'll do is I'll put those on the website at uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 18 so that they can actually review those. And NARA, ICASP, and NBAA, great organizations, uh, terrific organizations with a lot of resources and, and a lot of information about those careers. Uh, so, and and how to actually sell, how to actually make yourself a good aircraft salesperson. Now, let me ask you something else. And this is, uh, always, uh, you know, the rubber meets the road here. I want to make a living at at selling airplanes or one of our listeners, they want to make a living selling airplanes. Now it seems that it, it really goes with the economy like everything else. How does someone make, I mean, how do you make your money? Is it, is it through a commission based system? How does someone normally do that?
1: Yeah, it's a it's two ways prim, primarily that, that a lot of times these are set up. And this is pretty universal. You'll have a salary, and you'll have commission. So usually it's salary plus commission. A lot of the uh, the OEMs, the manufacturers, uh, Cessna, Embraer, and places like that, you'll have a salary draw, which basically means that. Um, as you sell airplanes during the year, um, you won't make any commission until you have sort of paid for your salary so that commission goes counts against your salary once you save your salary is seventy thousand once you hit the seventy thousand dollar mark in commissions that you've earned that year, then everything past that for your year becomes commission so um a lot of times you'll have a draw in commission or you'll have a salary um, with commission. And, you know, it sales, in any industry, salesmen usually do fairly well if they are successful. And uh, in aircraft, I think that, that that has certainly been true for me. Um, not only do I love what I do, it does provide a, a good living for, for me and my family. And, the more you hustle, the more you sell, the more you earn, and that's something that I really like about sales in general, but certainly aircraft sales, is that uh, there, there's a lot of potential there that you can develop just sort of based on your own drive and your own needs um, and how much you want to get out and hustle.
0: Now, the uh, you said the salary draw. That's kind of interesting. I haven't heard of that before, but you um, also let's – let's kind of give some examples here. I have uh, I, I kind of relate this, and hopefully this is correct. This analogy, it's like real estate. The items are much larger ticket items, and you don't sell as many, but you can make really good money if you sell the larger item. Does, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming the the commission is the similar. It's like I don't know. Say let's pretend it's three percent or whatever, like in real estate or six percent. Is that what happens with a, a large aircraft as compared to smaller craft?
1: Yeah, on on any of the aircraft, usually your your sale your deal is structured in this way. You, you'll have a basically you work for either the uh, buyer or the seller. And when a say a buyer comes to me and, and uh, says uh, I want you to uh, find me an airplane, I want to buy a uh, a Gulfstream uh, G three, and uh, I say okay, let's uh, let's find it. And uh, I find the airplane, basically, I, he contracts with me to be his representative for the buy side. And I would earn a percent of the uh, sale of the value of that airplane. So if it's a uh, $15 million airplane, then uh, I'll have a percent of that. And on the larger airplanes, they tend to be a smaller percentage. Uh, a smaller airplanes, they tend to be a higher percentage. And... Uh, so you're looking at, you know, 2% maybe on, on that large airplane, but it's still a significant commission. And um, and so basically uh, in real estate, a lot of times the brokers split the commission on both ends. The uh, the buyer and the seller will split a commission. Uh, not in the in aircraft sales. Um, basically you work for the buyer or the seller, and, and they pay you directly. And so uh, – but yeah, say we're selling a uh, 172. That may be a four percent commission, but the uh, but the, v- the value of the deal is much less. So you, you don't quite you don't make as much. The key on a uh, smaller aircraft is volume. You know, a lot of these guys that, that specialize in uh, selling small planes um, depend on volume. And then if you sell the larger airplanes, you get fewer deals during the year, but the deals that you get are, are, are a bit more um, expensive and, and larger deals.
0: So if you're someone that just would love to just sell 172s, you still can make a good living. You just need to just sell some more aircraft.
1: Yeah. You just got to make it up in volume and uh, – and there's a larger market. I mean, there's your advantage there. The, the people that are out there looking for 172s, there are more of them than they're out there looking for, say, a Gulfstream. Um, so it's just a trade-off a little bit.
0: So, you know, this is kind of interesting. I I always like to relate this one story, and I'm glad I'm talking to you today. I actually know someone who is in aircraft sales, and this was years ago. He sold a – it was like a G3, a Gulfstream 3 and or a G4 – he took this commission from that sale and bought himself a little twin baron and i was like wow uh so you <laughs> that that's a real success story i mean i i i am sure you've heard some of those success stories out there where if you you know for a super huge ticket item you you can you can come away with some really big commissions cuz uh, some of these planes are gosh 50 million or if, yeah 50 million dollars for some of these corporate jets
1: yeah if you get into especially the large um, uh, jets uh, the commissions are are extremely uh, good extremely large commissions um, It really depends on how you're set up with your employer as to as to what uh, how that works um but yeah i mean they 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 flat can you sell a boeing business jet <laughs> you're retiring in the islands
0: man <laughs> and uh, do you have any any of those success stories do you know any uh, you don't have to mention that you've done it but uh, anybody that you know of that has done that type of a sale uh
1: yeah yeah i know several people that have you know especially guys that have been at this a while and then developed a network and a pipeline that uh will do you know, six or eight of those big jets like that in a year, and uh, you know they they are able to to earn a, a substantial living doing so. Um, my uh, my arrangement's a bit more modest, um, but uh, you know it, it's it's been, it's a good living and it's uh, it's a fun career. I love doing it. But you know, it's uh, it's fun to see the rewards of your work. You know, whether you're talking about selling a one seventy two or selling a a uh, Citation, um, it's just fun to see the results of
0: that work. I could imagine someone that's selling, say, a business jet, a Boeing business jet, a Citation, or or any of those larger aircraft. You they probably have a lot more experience, I would think, before you can make it. You're not going to come out of college and start selling uh, Gs, you know, five fifty.
1: No, but you know, like a uh, there's not a lot of re- regulatory and, and career development that tends to be very sporadic in the indus- in this aircraft sales industry. Um, I've met some brokers that um, that really were clueless you know this, um, just to be honest and uh, you know, and didn 't understand their process that, and they had just kind of hung a shingle up and said hey i'm going to be an aircraft salesman that's why I suggest it's going to get some training it's it's very beneficial, but you can you can do really well right out of the gate um, as an aircraft salesman just you just have to kind of look for the the right position in the right company." To, to do that and to develop the network and the and, and develop the relationships, because good salesmen and this is my opinion, good salesmen know how to relate to people, good salesmen um, are not they always want to close the deal that's their job but at the end of the day they if you can if you continue to help people get what they need and what they want out of what services you have to provide you really won't have to worry so much about the deal it will take care of itself
0: now selling airplanes is not just about selling the airplane itself you can sell other things too, like charter and that type of thing. Do you do you folks sure. get involved with that, and how does that work?
1: Yeah, I have a counterpart that is our charter sales manager, and what she does is she uh, goes out and and uh, I tell I always tease her. She's a, she's my social light friend <laughs> because she's always out schmoozing and and talking to folks. Um, I, much more of what I do is, you know, is telephone and internet and email. But, uh, what she does is she goes out and meets with people, um, particularly local customers who kind of would be based out of our, our airport and, uh, shows them what we can do and what we can offer and the different aircraft that we have on charter. And she goes out and, uh, kind of hustles those deals. And uh, so she sells charter. So uh, she, her contracts are working on, you know, someone buying a block of time, say, on a on an airplane. They want to buy a, a certain hour block or they've got a recurring trip that they have to do. So they got to go to New York twice a month. Then uh, we'll work a deal with them. And so she gets to – you know, she has a lot of creativity in her contracts in helping people uh, get their solutions. If they don't want to buy, then – uh uh, then the, she is able to help them find their their aircraft
0: now what as you've been speaking about charter there's other things within that charter uh, and other sales that i think are involved what what about catering is that something that do people sell catering to is that another person you'd have to deal with
1: we uh we contract for a lot of that um you know there is uh, some aircraft catering um it, it's uh when you get into much larger operations, I think you see more of that, but, uh, man, in aviation, everything's, I mean, so much is sales. I mean, we sell maintenance, we sell maintenance services, parts, uh, charter, um, and within charter i mean you've got like I just mentioned you 've got different levels of of charter deals that you're trying to work I mean uh, whether you're trying to fly a local sports team to uh, tournaments or whether you're flying an executive to uh, miami uh, it just uh, is a lot of a lot of different things and that's one thing like I mentioned earlier that I really love about this is the variety you, you never know what kind of deal you're going to put together, and if you can be creative. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of help people meet their needs.
0: And, you know, as you were talking, I was like, gosh, this is really cool. I mean, it it doesn't get boring. That's for sure.
1: No, no. You know, I, I literally never know, um, when the phone rings, what's, what's, uh, who is going to be on the other end and what kind of deal might be, might be happening. Now, you know, the, the, the downside or the, or the, um, the challenge sometimes is motivation. Um, it can be a long time between deals. Um, and, and that can get kind of uh, discouraging. So if anybody's getting into it, <clears throat> you're not going to sell a plane every day. But everything you do during the day, each day, moves towards the deal. I mentioned the Dornier 328 jet that we just sold. Uh, I think it closed last week. Um, that was a six-month process working with that customer. And, and so you just got to stay at it and uh, keep providing them with the data and the information that they need and be patient. Um, If you try to close that sale like your local used car salesman, they're going to run screaming from you. You just have to uh, give them time because a high-involvement product like this, a big-ticket item, is usually a much larger and involved decision for a business because a lot of times these are businesses, and they're not going to jump really fast. And so you've got to develop a certain amount of patience and uh and sincerity in in that whole uh in that whole process that uh you know you give them the time they need and you're there when they are ready to talk and eventually it pays off
0: that makes sense, and uh that's that's uh, i guess in anything trying to be motivated, especially when when you go that far between sales it's uh just like in certain people's careers right now they're stuck in the same spot keeping motivated is really important. I guess you have to keep looking down the road at your goal. And, you know, another thing that seems like keeps you motivated is that you're really into aviation still. You are you actually get to fly planes. This is actually what's really cool about what you've done. You've taken this aircraft sales, but you, you also fly, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a CFI, CFII um, for uh, pistons and light twins, uh, single-engine airplane, single-engine land, and, and multi-engine land. And uh, so when I, you know, leave work a lot of times, um, I just – go downstairs and and uh, meet a student and do a lesson or two and then go
0: home wow that's cool you don't have to drive to the airport
1: <laughs> nope
0: that's great and and as far as your flight instructing you did you also got involved in something else and um, it's called myflightcoach.com. tell me a little bit about that podcast and also website
1: sure um i started my flight coach two years ago and it It grew out of a desire to try to experiment, really, with a hybrid. I mentioned Kent Julian and Live It Forward and how beneficial kind of life and career coaching was for me with him. And I got to thinking that as a flight instructor, the best flight instructors I had and the kind of flight instructor I want to be resembles that kind of relationship where you're really coaching someone through the process. Um, For Kent and me, it was my career, but in in learning to and teaching people to fly, um, I really want to be a, a coach um, to them, not just. And I wanted to sort of emphasize that kind of relationship. So I started it for my flight training, and then I started trying to develop some resources and a blog, and, and that would go along with that. And um, it, it sort of began to sort of take a life of its own. And then I got into podcasting, and uh, I've been just blown away by. Uh, the response to the podcast and my podcast basically is and I try to offer a little bit of an instructional tidbits in my podcast ways to encourage student, particularly student pilots but pilots of all sorts and they're flying. So we'll talk about a maneuver or we'll talk about uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll do – I do a couple of shows uh, a, a year on sort of accidents, and then we sort of dissect accidents a little bit and try to figure out what happened and how we can learn from it. Um, I'll do interviews with uh, folks that are uh, – student pilot interviews are some of my favorite because you get to hear the excitement and the passion in their voice. And so uh, it's really designed the whole site is designed to encourage student pilots to start flying, continue flying, get that license and then to be a resource for instructors and others to to uh share that level of flying with others. So, you know, the web, the podcast uh this year I think is at something like 27,000 downloads and it's I I just continue to to be blown away that that uh, I'm very pleased people seem to like it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I tell you what, I highly recommend it. It's uh, myflightcoach.com. You can find it there on iTunes. One of the things I like about it is, you know, as instructors, we try to facilitate learning. But we also need to be someone who's motivating people and basically is that coach. And that's why I like the, I like the name and I like what you're doing there. You really do dissect, uh, simple maneuvers and you don't go too far over their heads. And, and actually, you know, I've, I've seen some and I'll recommend a few of them to people and they'll go and listen to it and they'll say, Oh, wow, that was pretty good. That was a great explanation. I think, I think you do a great job with that. So I'd highly recommend people going to myflightcoach.com because you can actually listen to them on your website, right?
1: Yeah, you can listen on the website, or you can download it iTunes.
0: Cool. Yeah, and that's and, and like I said, Chris, you do do a terrific job there, and you're very, very relatable. Uh, the other thing too that I, I noticed is that you know you, you got involved with this My Flight Coach and getting people into flying, and you described in a couple of episodes as far as you know learning to fly and how to get into flying. But then you came up with something else. You decided to go forward with a book. You actually wrote a book and it's actually let's see the book is called uh, You Can Be a Pilot answers to 25 questions about learning to fly. And you know, one of the things that I found is when you go to the airport and I've written about this on my blog uh, expertaviator.com and is that we go to the airport and we we just we feel intimidated and we're not really that welcome. Well, to me this this book kind of bridges that gap. It allows you to actually ask all those questions that you might Feel well, kind of silly about asking, and and seem like they're obvious questions, but they really aren't. Uh, tell us a little bit about that book and, and what inspired you to do that.
1: Well, you know, I got inspired at a fishing shop in North Carolina for that book. <laughs> I was, uh, I like fly fishing, and I was in, in in a fly shop in North Carolina, and I was trying to. Uh, just buy some flies and talk to the guy a little bit about you know what's what seems to be working this time of year you know how's the water levels and so forth. I'm just trying to ask him and he seemed so put out and so irritated that I was, you know, asking him questions and you know, and I thought I've experienced this somewhere else. <laughs> I have I have seen people come into the airport and there's a, it's, it's a whole other world, and we forget that when we're in aviation, you know, we throw around acronyms and we throw around inside language and we throw around all sorts of uh, things that that are sort of just basic knowledge to us, you know, you know, yeah. I turned on the carburetor heat and adjusted the mixture, and we've already lost people. They don't know what you're talking about. So I, I saw that we need something that. Explains the basics of learning to fly. You know, they're not going to probably sit there or have all their questions lined up for you. But if we've got something that we can give them that would enable them to say, "Okay, I see how the process works of learning to fly." And basically, the book follows uh, what, do you, what happens on your first flight, and I try to track it all the way down to okay, what happens on your check ride, and then after, and and so. It's really a very simple. It's it's not flashy. I try to explain terms as as I go in there. It's a very basic primer, and, and kind of my idea. And it hasn't really come to fruition yet. But I would, I think the book still has legs in the sense that I would love to see flight schools have this book, and on a discovery flight, be able to to, to give that to. The, the person um, at the end of the discovery flight, and uh, I'm certainly willing to make deals with flight schools on on bulk orders like that. But that was really kind of my vision for writing the book. You know, if you come out of the airport and you are interested in learning to fly, even if the guy that is is is, is uh, working the desk that day doesn't know all the answers, he can have something to offer to you and say, "Here, check this out."
0: And I think this is a terrific tool for someone. Just like that, who's trying to introduce somebody to flying. You know, when I introduce somebody to aviation, I usually spend two hours with them. I do a two-hour block, and we talk about what it's going to be like, how to fly, etc. But, you know, you always miss something. And one of the great things about this book is, you know, you, you sit there and say to yourself, Oh gosh, I should have told him about this. Well, it's all here. It's all in that book, 25 questions about learning to fly. And I really highly, and this is our recommendation. And if you want to find that book and you can just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 18 and just click on the, on the image of the book and it'll take you to Amazon. I'd really appreciate you doing that. And that, of course, would uh, help support this website here. And you can also find it at, uh, at your website at myflightcoach.com. And I really I, – I think that anybody who's thinking about getting into flying or anybody that actually already is and wants to recommend it to somebody, give them this book and it, it covers everything. So you might think you've got everything but this definitely has it all down there and it's simple, easy to read and uh, I think even uh, – even, uh, even my mom could understand it.
1: Excellent. There you go. I've succeeded then. <laughs> I
0: don't know if my mom will want to hear that, but uh, <laughs> you know, th- this has been great. You're taking the time with us and helping our audience understand what it's like to be an aircraft salesperson. You know, Chris, let me ask you one last question as far as advice on careers in general. I know you've given us a lot of advice about sales, and this has been terrific. A lot of real good stuff, great takeaways. How about somebody getting into aviation and aviation careers in general? Because you you deal with a lot of folks, I'm sure, that want to do this as a living. Either they want to be a, a pilot for an airline or they want to be a flight instructor. What, what type of advice would you give to somebody that's starting out right now?
1: Focus, I think, is key, particularly... um, you know, people tend to be on two sides as they go through, say, college. They tend to be either on the flight ops side, um, being pilots and so forth, or they tend to be on the business side, uh, just straight aviation management, airport management, sales and so forth. I would say we tend to focus and have people focus so much on credentials that they forget to focus on relationships. The more relationships that you can build, the more honest networking you can do i think the better your chances of success are because there are going to be a lot of people that have a commercial pilot's license and everybody is bouncing at that 1500 hour mark find what makes you unique um is the second point um find what makes you unique what really makes you buzz what makes you hum what you know, you love to fly. Okay, well, let's narrow that down more. You love to fly what? What types of flying do you like to do? Um, what 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 types of flying do you find most enjoyable? Is it instruction? Is it um, and, you know, you don't want the guy who, who really would make a great cargo pilot. You don't want him flying the CEO around. You know, you, you know he just kind of jerks it around and just wants everybody to shut up. Well, that's a cargo pilot for you. So you you really want to, I think, develop your networks, find what makes you hum, and then be willing to be just doggedly persistent. When I was trying to make this career change, I, I've told this story before. When I was trying to make this career change. I made a list of all the companies that I could possibly find. I had a whole spreadsheet laid out of all the companies and the contact information, and I just started working through that list. That became my second job. And uh, I just would write letters and make phone calls, and most of them were unsuccessful. Um, I didn't get called back. I had one guy that told me all he would ever hire me to do is pump fuel, and he hung up on me. And, you know, you just – got to be determined and you know if you can do those three things i think um and take the take the bumps you know uh, on the chin that you'll get inevitably and just say you know the vision of this is greater than me and greater than where i am right now and just go for it it it, you know you're going to find your success
0: and i think that's great advice and i really think that you know, Chris, you've had this really varied path on the way to where you are now, just like most of us have. And the thing is, it's okay. It's good to, to go down those different paths and, and to just keep focused on your goal. Now, Chris, where, If people want to ask you questions, I'm going to actually forward them on to you. But there's many different places they can find you. Where where can they find you if they want to ask you something?
1: Uh, Probably the best place would be on my website, myflycoach.com. My email address is really easy, chris at myflycoach.com. And uh, that email, you know, I check, you know, I wouldn't say rapidly, but almost rapidly. I'm an email junkie, so you know I try to answer all the email that I get. So if you guys got a question, that's probably the best. Um, You can find me on Twitter. um, uh, My flight coach is my handle there, and uh, so those are probably the two best places to find me.
0: Great, and if. uh people want to find the links to all your websites and all the things we talked about here today, they can go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 18, and uh, we'll have all the show notes and everything we talked about there. And, folks, I I really appreciate your coming along this evening, and we really appreciate Chris relating to us what it's like to be an aircraft salesperson. And you can reach us, of course, at aviationcareerspodcast.com, and you can find us on Twitter at Flying Careers, and we're also on Facebook at AviationCareersPodcast.com dot com, or excuse me, uh, Facebook uh, dot com slash Aviation Careers Podcast. And we're, of course, we're now on iTunes, Miro. We're on, on many different uh, downloadable devices. Any podcaster you have, we will be out there. And you know, if if you're looking towards aviation as a career. Don't think that you're going to be just flying planes, just like Chris said. He got into selling. He didn't think he'd be doing that, but, you know, he really enjoys it. So just keep an open mind. Keep moving forward. Keep focused on your goal, just like Chris said. And most importantly, safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode.